it. You're doing it again. Is it better? There you go. I don't have like a desk. <laughs> this is like on my lap. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you had yeah. it on a desk. No, it's, on my, it's on my lap. So it's where my legs are, dude. It's where my... <laughs> yeah, I got it on a box right now. That's why like mine is like very steady. Yeah, and I'm see, using a laptop. You, you've been making more moves in comedy than I have. That's why I don't have a desk yet. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have, uh, we have Angel Morla with us. So uh, welcome, dude. Thank you. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Of course. Um, I don't know. I want, to, I want to just talk about, like, first I just want to talk about, like, what you've been up to with, like, quarantine. I know I know it's been kind of like movies and video games for you. I've been kind of doing the same shit. Yeah. Uh, I was probably one of the last people to stop doing stand-up that I know of. When did you A stop? Lot of, pretty much, I think it was a Friday. And then by Monday, all comedy shows were done. I, I don't remember the exact date, but I did a gig on Friday. And then that Monday, it's like, nothing's happening. Everyone's canceling everything. It was like middle of March, like March 13th or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I was going to do like a Capital Laugh show and I was like driving to it. And then I got like an email saying like hey we're canceling like this show and we're canceling like all shows until further notice and this shit was fucking crazy dude yeah and it's it's funny because i was like you guys are being pussies like <laughs> yeah i was saying the same thing yeah and then uh it took probably a month maybe a month and a half into quarantine well i to me quarantine started when they canceled comedy shows yeah, that's because I don't do anything else. Yeah, like, like I, I'm not a. I don't socialize a lot. Like not because I can't. I just I'm a homebody. I like staying at home. The only thing that got me out of the house was uh was doing stand up. So by default, when they shut that down, I was home all day. So I was just naturally quarantining. I'm like the same way. Like that's I go out and do stand up, and then like I feel like I'm either working and then I'm home. Yeah. Yeah. it's like you know you, it's like a lot of work you gotta go out and you're doing like a couple shows it's just like i don't really want to be out after that you know what i mean i just want to fucking chill and then i'm do the same shit and play like xbox play like i don't know some video games or watch like some tv or some bullshit yeah because i i only don't i feel like regular people are boring <laughs> yeah <laughs> regular people are really boring comics are always interesting even yeah. you could be talking to a comic who you disagree with everything that they say way better than a normal boring person because at least there's something there at least you're like yeah. oh we can engage on a certain like level that you can't with most people and i think i think too like especially when like you can talk to like a comic that like has like totally different like views on pretty much everything but like for me at least like i'm seeing like i have the respect that like like, you're getting up on stage, too. You're doing the same shit I'm doing. Like, even if, like, your jokes are, like, completely different than mine, like, we don't have the same style, I feel like there's still that same level of, like, hey, you're a stand-up comic, too. Versus, like, a regular person where they're trying to give you your ideas. It's like, fucking do this in front of, like, 30 people. I want to see, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, doesn't take any balls. <laughs> yeah, my, my, my brother's always constantly giving me shit going, like, how come you say it different on stage? I was like, I cannot verbalize it, but... I've had I've had similar joke ideas and you take it on stage and it doesn't work and you I don't know what the word is but you got to like modify it. Yeah. 
the people. Yeah. It's, and and he, he doesn't get that. He thinks it's like, oh, no, you're just changing the joke. And I'm like, no, no, I don't. I wish I could tell the joke. But the problem is, you know who I am. And I'm doing this in front of strangers. And they don't get my sensibilities. So I have to teach them who I am within the structure of the joke. Especially when it's like a five-minute set or something like that, where you have five minutes to like get someone to understand, this is my personality. Mm-hmm. This is like my sense of humor. And this is where I'm going to take you. Which, yeah. like, you watch, like, these comics do, like, you know, these hour specials and stuff, and they're, you know, of course, they're great, but at the same time, like, they have an hour to bring you into, like, this is their sense of humor. When you're doing, like, a five-minute set, it's, like, I got five minutes to tell you, like, rape jokes. Like, how, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's hard, it's hard to do. <laughs> Which is, yeah, like, it, it's, it's a tough thing to, because it's weird, because you might, you might have a joke that's, like, you might have a joke that's about killing a Nazi, right? Yeah. But within that joke, you also have to structure in letting them know who you are. Yeah. Like, it's it's not just... Now, there are pure joke tellers out there where you don't know who they are. You can only go, well, this is their sense of humor, and they just go. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter what kind of audience. It doesn't matter. Like, they're just doing the joke that they were going to do no matter what. Like a Rodney Dangerfield, right? Yeah. Like, this is a pure joke teller. I have a lot of respect for pure joke tellers because it's way harder because there's no fluff. There's no, like, you know, and there's there's not that extra shit. It's just like, my joke is 10 words and that's it. And now I have to say something else. And I just have to keep doing that over and over and over. Yeah. I don't know. That's, it's crazy. I think like the different styles that like you see, I feel like most people don't understand that. They, like, don't do comedy, especially people that are just watching, like, Netflix specials, which is, like, 99% of the people because they don't do comedy. But, like, there's, like, doing it, you learn, like, I don't know, the different styles, like, the different mechanics of it. Like, you know, I've talked to so many people. And we're new. Yeah, we're only a year in. Where it's like, bro, you know how many times I've explained, like, what a tag is to someone? And they're like, (laughs) I don't get that. (laughs) I don't get that. But, no, let's talk about – you were like pretty interesting, like way you got into comedy, right? You started working at the DC Improv and met like David Tell. Was that what it was? No. So I love stand up. I've thought about doing it forever. And uh, I remember I would go to the DC Improv so often because I didn't like, I didn't really like leaving the house. Stand up literally is what got me out of the house. Yeah. And I remember I, I went there so frequently on so many weekends that I started to become friendly with the staff. And we just used to hang out after shows. I specifically would go to late shows because then I knew I could hang out with the staff afterwards. So that was like part of it. Yeah. Like for everyone else, it was a like an hour to 90 minute show. For me, it was like three hours hanging out with the staff till like two or three in the morning sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and I'd just be in one day, uh, it was uh, Melba Davis. Okay. She was the one who was like running the joint and we were hanging out and I go, uh, man, it'd be so cool to work here. And she was like, you could work here if you wanted to. And I'm like, what? And I was like, yeah, you want to work here? I was like, that easy? He was like, yep. And I was like, bet. Uh, yeah, that is so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. I think I worked there for three months only. The okay. only reason I left is because I had another job that was paying the full bills. And I was noticing that like, my body could not handle the two jobs or it was like eight hours here 
then go to the DC Improv. Even though it was only like uh, three or four days out of the week, it yeah. was my body was like, "This is killing you. Like you can't yeah. go at this pace." And uh, I wonder now that, believe it or not, I'm a lot healthier now. <laughs> and I wonder <laughs> if I would have done it better. Because before I was just a monster. I was just like so. I was treating my body badly. And I wonder if I would be able to do it now. But yeah, that that's what stopped me doing it. But I still like went on a regular basis. How, how many amazing comics did you see like while you were working there? Man. So I remember the first time I ever saw live stand up, I was a grown ass man because I was poor forever. And the first person I went to see was Pablo Francisco. I love Pablo Francisco. I, me and my brother and my sister would watch Comedy Central where they had those marathons of those Comedy Central presents. Yeah. And when Pablo's came on, the whole place was like, yo, we are only doing this. We are only watching this. We're super focused. We knew the entire like set at that point. Yeah. And he walked past us in line. And uh, it was funny. I was embarrassed at the time, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm a fanboy. I don't even care. But he was like, uh, he did like some cartoony voice and he went like, excuse me, as he went past this long line. And then I went, <gasps> like, like some, like some Japanese school yeah. girl. <gasps> oh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was the first person I ever saw. That's crazy. I remember watching him in college. I remember, I can't remember the fucking joke that, that I was obsessed with that he did, but I, I used to like watch, I think I watched his Comedy Central special and then I fucking like searched all over the internet to find like different clips of him. Uh, okay, so I, I know his special very well. Was it Wevo Splash? Was it that one? No, it was. I'm we still say that it. randomly. We'll go, Wevo Splash, you sexy mother. We still do that. Uh, was it the, the Schwarzenegger, uh, Little Tortilla Boy? It might have been. How does that one go? He he basically was talking about the movie voice guy, and he was like, uh, uh, he said, um, he said you can make a movie out of anything. He goes, in the city, you must fight to survive. He sold tortillas on the corner, and the mob wanted in. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. It might, it might have been that one. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so good. And then I, I don't know. For me, I, I remember just, like, I always wanted to, like, stand up for so long and then just listening to, like, comics like that. Uh, I feel like the first, like, stand-up special that, like, really resonated with me was one of, like, Joe Rogan's, like, earlier specials. I can't remember the name of it. It's the one where he's, like, wearing some, like, that golfer cap or something like that, the one that, like, Fernando Rocky wears. Mountain High? I don't think it was that one. It's the one where he does the joke about like how the pyramids were built and how like it was really just built by like people, but like the dumb people outfucked the smart people so that the smart people eventually like died off and the dumb people were like, how the fuck do we build these? Must have been aliens. <laughs> but I remember that one was one that I listened to. Like, I, I don't know. I listened to that special so many times and like him and then listening to, like, every Bill Burr special, and there's there's a couple comics that, like, I was constantly listening to that, like... Yeah, Bill Burr's resume is insane. He, dude, it's, it's, like, how the fuck did he make it on Breaking Bad, is, is what's, like, geeks me out of, like, anything else. Like, they're, like, listening to this dude, like, this Boston dude do, like, I think some of, like, the best stand-up ever, and then, like, he makes it on the shows, like, Breaking Bad, The Mandalorian. He does, like, weird shit where it's just, like, it's not, like, comedy, but it's, like, why, why is Bill Burr in here? 
But he's, he well, when, when he tells the story, it's always like he's hanging out with somebody who's a fan of his, and they're kind of like, "Hey, you want to do this?" And he's like, "Sure." Like, I don't think he's like out there auditioning. I think he I auditioned think so for Breaking Bad, but it's always like somebody knows him and likes him, and they're like, "I want you to be on this." It was John Favreau was like, "Hey, do you want to do the Mandalorian?" He's like, "I don't really like Star Wars," and he's like, "This is gonna be big, dude." <laughs> like, you yeah. Do it. He's like, I yeah. love it. Oh, dude, It's funny you mentioned Rogan. So I, I, the reason I, on the top of my head, I was like, is it Rocky Mountain High? Is because Rocky Mountain High, that special, was when I first liked Rogan. I didn't like Rogan before that. My he, brother was a huge Rogan fan of the podcast and his stand-up, and I was just like, I'm just not fucking with it. And my brother begged me for, like, maybe it was two months after it came out. He just kept going, please, I promise you, like, it's different. He's, like, hit some kind of thing. And yeah. I'm just super cynical, like, watching it. and then that first joke lands and i'm just like laughing so hard uh and then it's it's funny because now i'm a big rogan fan but before i used to find him annoying like yeah when i listened to his podcast i used to uh i used to call him joe not necessarily rogan (laughs) because no matter what the other person said he would always say not necessarily he would disagree (laughs) with everyone and my, I remember uh, my brother would be watching it like in the background and from another room, I would yell, not necessarily because I knew he was about to say that and he would. And I remember once he was, he said that to somebody, that person agreed with him and went like, you know what? You're right. Blah, 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 blah. And then he then said, not necessarily to oh the thing God. that he brought up. And I was like, and I just started roasting him after that, but then he doesn't do that anymore. No, he's, I feel like. He's changed over the years. Yeah, I think it's just what is he? He's been doing podcasting for so. He's like the Howard Stern. I feel like of. I feel like yeah. he's the next generation Howard Stern, but uh, I don't know. I feel like now he looks like a super villain. He's just like bald, like <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> you know, like it's crazy, dude. Um, well, fuck, man. What else do I have for you? Um, so I when think I you, technically never told you how I started. <laughs> yeah, I was about to ask, like, when did you, like, officially, because you said, I remember I talked to you one time, you said that you had, like, done a couple stand-up shows, but then was it, like, March 2019, where you were like, I'm going to do stand-up? Uh, so, there was a, you know Jesse Rivas? No. Okay, Jesse Rivas, I went to school with him. Okay. And I remember he invited me to go to uh, a show that he hosted with a buddy of his. And I was, I was like, Jesse does stand up. Like Jesse was the cool guy in school. Yeah. Jesse, I don't remember him speaking much. He always had like this, like, I'm so cool. And he has some pictures of him being the cool guy. And I was like, I just remember him being the cool guy, except for like, he would open up if I ever brought up wrestling, he would like, Suddenly yeah. he, he can talk, uh, but he was always just the cool guy. And I was like, that guy wasn't funny and he's hilarious. What I was like, Whoa, this is kind of a surprise. And he, uh, when I went to see him for the first time, he bullied me and said that I was going to make my premiere the next week. He told the entire audience. I don't know why it even, I could have just not done it because I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. But I was like, fuck it. And I tried it. And I looked at my phone the whole time because I was so nervous. I had my brother behind me just as like, like an emotional support human. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I got some laughs and I enjoyed it. And then I didn't do it 
ever again because it was like so like I told uh my brother was like so how do you feel and I was like I blacked out like I saw my yeah. I was hearing myself talking but I don't remember any of it yeah. like I luckily somebody took video of it and so I was like oh okay I have a video proof that I did it because I could not remember a thing I remember there was a moment where something I said where I just took a pause and it got a laugh and I remember uh ooh, I forgot to sign with my phone uh and I took a pause and it got a laugh. And I remember that being weird because I was like, oh, that's, I didn't expect to laugh there. Yeah. And it wasn't until a few months where Fernando was then doing, Fernando Madrigal was doing stand up. And he was like, hey, you should do it. And he like kind of also like bullied me a couple of times into doing it. And uh, I was, I was trying to get in better shape and I got an electric bike and I was doing deliveries. And I got into a really bad accident and I was hurt. And uh, Fernando was like, hey man, why don't you do stand up? And I was like, I was like, oh no, man, like uh, all this stuff. And I was like, well, you're hurt and you can't work. So what's your excuse? Yeah. And then I was like, you're right. The next day I, I went up, uh, I think it was Havana Village. Havana, dude. Wait, was it Havana Village? No. It might have been the pinch. Okay. Um, I know in the same week I did Habana Village, the pinch, and then I did Hocus Jocus the next week. So yeah, that was, and then I was like, I'm just, I have nothing else to do except for this. So now I have no excuse. Just like with quarantine, like everyone's like, oh, have you been writing jokes? It's like, no, because I want to do it live. I want to do it in yeah. person. So I haven't been writing jokes, but there's a bunch of other shit I've always wanted to accomplish that I've been working on because like, oh, I have the time. Let me get let me get this shit done before I don't have the time anymore. Is it like comedy related stuff or like just personal stuff? Uh, I've I've always wanted to get a Twitch channel going. I'm a huge shit. like nerd. Yeah, yeah. I'm a huge nerd. I love video games. What are you What are you uh, Twitch streaming right now? Uh, I am playing Apex Legends, and uh, I'm playing an old game called Syndicate. Uh, not the original like uh, 2D strategy game, but like the shooter that they made on Xbox 360. I feel like I vaguely remember Syndicate. Yeah, it was it wasn't a big hit, but it was one of those. Uh, it was made by Starbreeze, the people who did uh, Chronicles of Riddick. And yeah, uh, okay. I was a big fan of that studio, so I was like, okay, I, I and I always wanted to try it. I just and I owned it. I just never made time for it. But hey, quarantine happened. I got time, so. <laughs> I just tossed that in there. But Apex Legend is the most modern game that I'm playing. And that's like, I just do dailies and I'm like, I often find myself like, remind yourself to talk. Like it seems easy, sort of like stand up. Yeah. Because anybody can talk, right? But video games take your full mental concentration when you're doing them, especially a competitive one. So you have to remind yourself to speak. Like oftentimes I'm just like concentrating on my, and I'm thinking, I wonder where they are. Like, are they to the left? Are they to the right? And I have to train myself to go, to say it out loud. Say, I wonder where they are. Are they to the left? Are they to the right? Yeah, yeah. You have to, like, and, and speak your, like, your, your conscious your thoughts. Your, yeah. yeah. Which could be dangerous for me. Yeah. <laughs> just speaking my, just, hey, learn to not filter anything. <laughs> but that's, like, I feel like that's got to be, like, the comic in you, right? It's just, like, you're playing, like... I don't know. I feel like comedians are a little more critical, like 
critical of like things that they say because we're gonna be saying this shit in front of people. So it's like, I mean, how many jokes do you think of on like a, you know, in a normal scenario when we're not in quarantine? How many jokes do you think of in a given day where you're like, ah, I don't fuck with that one, I don't fuck with that one. And you finally find a couple where you're like, oh, I'm gonna say this tonight or some shit. It's gotta yeah, be like, yeah. you, you always, I feel like, sometimes I go like, oh yeah, you know, I was writing jokes. And some are so not funny that these were just ideas. Yeah. They're not jokes yet, they're just ideas. And, and I remember I had a joke that was, I think about church and <laughs> Fernando told me to stop telling the joke. He said, save it for when you're a better comic. And I was like, Ooh. and I, uh, I immediately knew what he meant. He was like, you got something here. And right now you, you just fuck it up <laughs> because you're not that good yet. But like, and I, and I still think of that joke every once in a while, but I was like, let me wait till I, cause it's, it's dealing with a delicate topic in a way that to me, it seems like I thought it was a generic joke because t- my, my mind works in dirty ish yeah. ways. So for me, the joke was like generic, but then when I saw people's reaction to it, I was like, oh, people didn't see this coming. To me, it was very obvious that this is where I was building up to, but for yeah. everyone else, it wasn't. So I was like, okay, so maybe I should hold on to it until, you know, I get my skills up. <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people don't, people that don't do stand-up don't get that, like, that's, that is like a very common way, like, a joke works. It's like, you're trying to tell a story and then flip that story completely to where, yeah. which is just basic storytelling. Where it's like you're you're trying to lead them down one path and then throw in something they didn't see coming, and it's just got to be funny enough for like oh holy shit like what was the what was the church premise you had? Do you want to tell? Um, I haven't done it in forever, man. Um, it's basically it was talking about how uh, I'm an atheist, but I envy people of faith, and okay. how I wish I believed, and I don't. And then I kind of break down why people believe and the mechanics of it. And then there's this punchline that's like, which I thought everyone knew this is what I was going to say. And apparently they didn't. And I was like, okay, that, that's, a, that's a pretty fun one. Um, but uh, yeah, maybe I should, you know, try it when, uh, when I get back now that I have a year under me. I mean, I would. I mean, one thing I, I remember like specifically with, so I had done stand up in like, where in like, at a fucking coffee shop in Ashburn at like some bullshit place in like Fairfax. And it wasn't like comedy open mics. Like I was calling people and just being like, you guys do a comedy this open mic tonight? And they're like, you can. And I would go and do that. And it's the same thing where it's like, like my first time, like I felt like I had so much adrenaline. I blacked out. I don't remember. I didn't videotape mine either. So I, I don't remember. Like I remember getting a laugh at one point. I was only supposed to do five minutes and I blacked out and did 20. <laughs> it was so bad it was like it was like 20 minutes in front of like this like daughter and her mom and then like the coffee shop it was two people but like after like I got one laugh so I was like fuck it like I'll you know this wasn't that bad uh but like the first time I came out to DC I think was the month after that and that's where I saw you doing stand-up and like your sense of humor was so dark (laughs) to me I was just like fuck this is how you gotta do it like this is like I felt like I had to I feel like watching you were probably the first person I saw where I was like I have to like change I can't like write the jokes I'm doing now or like 
is like seeing other people that were like trying to do what I wanted to do and like watching like your dark sense of humor was like always keep me out. I can't remember the joke it was. Something about like ah fuck. I mean pretty much all of it is like it's something you were doing in like it, it was something you were doing in like March of 2019. I'm pretty sure you still do now like you were still doing to some extent like we stopped. Well, I I remember I had uh I had a lot of great like local DC comics telling me hey man you should calm down with the things that you say right and a lot of people were like kept going like yeah so you're like a shock comic and I'm like no these are the jokes I make at home these are the jokes that I would make with my brother I'm not trying to shock my brother like I'm not sitting here going like let me shock like trying to make somebody laugh but but if around certain people I wouldn't make certain jokes because they wouldn't think it's funny. But yeah. I'm in front of strangers, so my choices are assume I'm performing in front of a church or do the jokes that I would say at home, which I think are the funniest jokes. Yeah. Uh, I always try to say whatever the funniest thing that I think is. And it's just, uh, I remember recently a comic was talking about how... Uh, Oh, man, I actually can't remember what what the topic was, but basically it was about how uh, making fun of thing, bad things happening and uh, and me going making fun of bad things is how I deal with negativity. Yeah. So like right now, the world is insane, you know, racism, Corona, like all this stuff is happening. Right. And I stay out of it. And I don't mean I stay out of it as in I won't talk about it. I'll talk about anything. But yeah. I mean, I literally limit my exposure to it because it messes with my happiness. Like me taking something that's sad and then making a joke out of it, that's how I, that's what I do in real life. Like that's yeah. where my humor comes from. And uh, I remember one comic was criticizing me about it. And uh, I was like, I grew up in a bad environment, right? So did my family. And what did we all do? We would crack jokes because that's just how you get yourself up. It's like, like why wallow in the misery? Yeah, I feel like, too, there's so many people that I see, like, it's, it's literally any little thing that happens, like, in the news. I'm not saying it's, like, always, it's a little thing, but, like, I can't stand the people that, that like harp on to one subject for like two days and then they're on to the next thing. And then they act like they care so much about like anything that happens in society. You're like, you need to do some shit. And I'm like, what are you doing besides making an Instagram post? I was like, this is doing literally zero. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I remember I had a, I had a female comic who was upset over some joke that I made. And, uh, and she was like, Angel, I know in real life, you're a nice person, but, and I stopped and I go like, I only care about that part. Yeah. I just care about that part. I don't need you to like my material. You could think it's bad. In fact, it doesn't even bother me that you think it's bad. Now you wanting to change me, that, because I'm not telling you to do what I do. So why would you do the reverse? Especially as like a comedian too. Like how the fuck is she? 
she knows what you're doing. You're going up and like trying, like trying to see if something works. And they're going to be like, oh, you know, you, your, your thought process is terrible or some shit. It's like, no, I'm trying to like work out a joke right now. That's in 99% of the time, that joke's not even done. So yeah, and, really the, and the build it out. And the wanting to be woke. Oh my God, dude. Is like ridiculous. Yeah, I remember, uh, I remember telling somebody, I was like, do you understand the irony that being woke was something created by minorities, right? And then now white people are using it to tell minorities what to do. Like, you understand how stupid that is? Like, how that doesn't make sense at all? Like, it's true, it, dude. Yeah. But it, but it, but yeah. they don't they're they're so busy trying to sound like a good person that they're being a bad person. Like this yeah. person knew I was a good person despite what I said. And I'm like, "Yes, that's all that okay, so you know I'm joking. So yeah. why are you talking to me as if I'm like if I go up there, tell a joke and this changes somebody's mind on <laughs> something, I'm like, that person is a crazy person." Yeah, you need to be locked up. Yeah, like I can't, I can't make comedy in case somebody is insane who I'm talking to. Like most people know, I am joking. That's that's that was like another thing I want to get into with is like, there's you know, I think like my whole thing is like if you're gonna do stand up, like just do like be you, be yourself, because I think that's generally how mo you're funny. It's like most people that do stand up, you're you're at some point like funny in front of your friends. Somebody's like, ah, you you should try to tell some jokes. The people that I see go, there's, there's a lot of people I see go up that do like applause comedy where it's just like they say like somebody will go up and be like, women should be paid the same as men, which obviously they should. But like they do that shit just so they can get like someone going like, you know, just get everyone like clapping for them or say like something that generally everyone agrees with, which is I feel like, I don't know. There's so much of that shit that I see where it's just like fucking tell some jokes. Like I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear like your political thoughts on this unless you have like an angle on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, uh, I am, I saw Dennis Miller's last special yeah. and Dennis Miller is like super hardcore Republican. Yeah. Like, and wears it on his sleeve. And he wrote some jokes that were like, goddamn perfect. Like there's some jokes that are amazing. And I, I was telling uh, somebody I liked, uh, I liked half of his special. And the reason I said half is because he's aware that the audience watching him, because he's Republican, has become nothing but like Republican. political and Republican yeah. people. So he makes references about politics. I don't pay attention to the politics that are so deep that I'm just like, like he's a referential guy. Like all he ever does is deep cut references. Very but now like he's doing deep cut references on a subject I know nothing of. But I can tell by the way the audience was laughing. I was like, oh, that was a killer joke. But the stuff I did understand, it was like, fuck. Like, he's so good and you can learn so much. But there are people who are going to be like, yeah, but he believes. And I'm like, I don't care. I just care about being funny. doesn't matter. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's, I remember I did like a, a joke about, I think you came up and said something to me after. I did a joke about Hillary Clinton. And the original joke had worked. Right. And it wasn't like political or anything like that. It was the, the joke was like Hillary Clinton got didn't get elected because like she had never had any experience like watching porn and like 
hadn't had like her search history gone through. If she had, she would have like totally avoided that email scandal, which that was like the original joke of that. And I did it somewhere. I don't want to like say anybody's name, but like they, they came up to me, dude who's running the show was like, you should talk way more about politics. This is DC. So I, I started, I, I don't know if you remember this. So I, started, I remember what I said after. <laughs> yeah. So I, I tried it and like, it ended up being like a Bill Clinton rant. And then you were like, are you trying to do like the daily show? <laughs> Just like, no man, I'm trying to like, somebody told me to do this shit and I was trying some shit out. But like there's. And I told you to not fucking listen to them. I was like, this is not what you do. And that was, that was like the first experience I had had with like, someone at like an upper level telling me to like do something and I was like well obviously that's what I have to do and like there's definitely there's there's so much of like so much comedy is like hearing someone's advice to you and just being like fuck that shit (laughs) like no way so so that that's I kind I think also what kind of catches people off guard is I I've gotten so much bad advice from other comics yeah that but I try it all because I don't, I'm, this is new. Like, what if they're right? So I yeah. try it. I remember uh, uh, a pretty big person in the scene told me uh, to, to work clean. And this was early on. And I did, and I wrote jokes that were not just clean. Because when I looked at my jokes, because there's two types of clean. There's clean as in I don't curse. And then there's clean as in I don't say anything that upsets anyone. Like subject and, matter. Yeah, I didn't curse in a lot of my, like, I remember, I would always tell people, I could upset you without saying a single bad word. <laughs> like, I don't need bad words to upset you. I have that power. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I remember I did it for like two, two and a half weeks. And then I stopped. And when the person, like, I saw him, I was like, hey, I tried working clean. Uh, I wanted to quit doing stand-up. It just didn't work for me. Like, I straight up, I was like, I don't want to do this. And, yeah. and, and it's, it's not because like now I can work clean, but not because I'm forcing myself to, I, it just ha- so happens that what I find funny are things that are fucked up in the world. Right. Yeah. And like, I have a joke about being poor and it's a very clean, like three, four minutes where there's nothing offensive in it. There's, it's just about being poor, right? Being poor is the worst part of my life. <laughs> it's the saddest thing I can talk about, but because I'm not talking about women or race or whatever, nobody's upset. I'm like, this is very sad. Like, um, you put out the clip, uh, the peanut butter clip. Yeah. I was telling my brother, I was like, that joke, look, I can't help it. I look at your face. And I was like, there's no way he could be poor. But knowing that peanut butter joke was like, he, he was fucking poor. When you do yeah. sandwich math, dude, <laughs> it was like, how come I didn't think to say that? Like, I've done sandwich math where you're like, fuck, how much am I going to eat? How much? Like, I felt that in my heart when you said that joke. Bro, I remember I wrote that shit while I was making a peanut butter sandwich. I was like, I can't fucking believe I'm making a sandwich like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That it's it's some that is some deep shit where I was like, and my joke is like about the differences and like how, like it does mention race a little bit, but it's not yeah. like hardcore into it. It's more like, because uh, I remember I used to open the joke by saying, um, uh, "Who here is poor?" and everybody <laughs> thinks they're poor, 
Yeah. Right. That's what I really learned is like, oh, people don't know what poor is. And then I thought of an example and that like got me on a string of jokes where yeah. uh, the, the example was, have you heard my CVS joke? Give it to me. I, I probably, I feel like I've heard. So basically I said, I go, well, if you want to know if you're poor, this is the, you just go by what time your CVS closes. Right. Like for some of you, it's 10 o'clock. That's not very good. Some of you, it's midnight. Some of you, 24 hours. My CVS would close at 7.30. <laughs> and I just went on from there. And to me, it was like hilarious that 7.30, like that's, they're still so early. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's insane. And People it's just one of those off. things where I accidentally stumbled on something that was clean, but I was like, that's abnormal. Normally, I'm joking about just something that is fucked up. And I was like, oh, how do you make this funny? And Yeah. Do you feel like, do you feel like when you're like writing a joke, like especially when you have like something good like that, you really kind of get on like a rhythm where it's just like, oh shit, dude, here, like, I, you can't write jokes 24 seven. You can't write them all day. But like, I feel like there are certain times where you are writing a joke where it's like you, for some reason, like for that, like 15 minutes, maybe it's 15 minutes, maybe it's an hour where you're just killing everything you're writing. Just like great shit's coming out. I would say that that doesn't really happen with me. What happens oh. with me is I'll have a, a good idea and then I have to like force myself to concentrate on that idea. Uh, okay. So like the CVS joke, that idea is like, that's a funny idea. All right, yeah. How do you add to it? And then I started adding stuff to it. And, and even the intro to that, that took a while because I, like, what did I say at first? Oh, who here's poor? Just to have some audience, you know, participation. Yeah. And everybody thinks they're poor and it kind of ruined the joke because it's like, oh, you don't, because then I think, because then I start telling the joke from you are poor like me. Yeah. Right? And in the process of explaining this is how you know you're poor, it completely diverted. I don't even know what the original joke was because I was like, oh, the joke is people don't know whether they're poor or not and that there are levels to this shit. Yeah. Right? And like going through that process and now I have like, what's another poor store that I talk about Aldi, right? And then it's like, yeah. and now I'm talking about like this economic kind of thing and, and it's very clean, but it was not where it started. It's like, I kind of have to find it. It's very rare that I like on the first try. Right, something like, oh complete. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll do like, I usually I come up with like a premise and then, you know, it'll be like maybe a couple days later or something like that. I'm still, I'm thinking about it or like I pull, I, I write everything down on my phone and I'll, I'll, you know, look at like some of the notes that I have. And then I'll just like, I like to walk around and then just like talk and just like keep talking until I come up with shit. And then I'll have like a little bit and then I'll keep going through my notes. I'll look through like old jokes and I'll find one thing that maybe like connects or something like that. Where it's like, oh shit, like this would be like a great like flip to put on this joke. Right Dude, here. Do, you, do you remember the first time you started to connect different bits together and how great that felt? Yes. <laughs> that felt so powerful. It's like, wait a minute, this subject and this subject, I could put them together. Oh wait, then, then there's this and it leads to that. The first time you do like a callback, you feel like a fucking genius. You're just like, yeah. Okay. Bit. Speaking of that. Yeah. The first time I ever saw you, 
maybe you were doing it. Maybe that was like the third week. I don't know how long you were doing it when the, by the first time I saw you. That was like, my third week. Way more polished than me. So the fact that you were like, oh man, I should do that. I'm like, I was like, yo, this dude has his shit down. Because <laughs> it was like very like structured. And I don't mean like in a negative way. I mean like in a, wow. And the way the different subjects connect and the way you brought it all, I was like, that's amazing. Because I remember when I first started, I used to write five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did too. It's insane. Yeah. Like you don't like it was one subject that I'm supposed to talk about for five whole minutes. And I was like, no, you kind of have to talk about a bunch of stuff, find the good one, and then stretch that one out and like build on the good one. At least that's yeah. to me how it works now. I'm I'm trying to think. You said some like dark I want to say you went up like one or two before I went up. And like, I was still like, I, one of the jokes I went up, I ended up doing that night. I remember I wrote like right there because I was just like, I'd was never it seen. Was joke about porn? Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> is, is that or like the hep C one I wrote right there? Like that. Really? That, I wrote that right there. Yeah. But wait, but what about the callback? The callback came later. The callback came like. Okay. So maybe I saw you once you had the callback because I remember the callback. So the, the callback came, so I've written another joke about, I thought it would be funny if you like, uh, fuck, it was something about fortune cookies. I never, I ended up not doing that one. Um, but that joke was like originally like, you know, break up with a girl or a fortune. I, I don't remember the specifics of it. Um, but that ended up changing a bunch to where I added in the Robin Williams shit. I'm just like, where I do the shit about like, why is it totally normal if my girlfriend like asked me choker in bed, but like anytime. I want to jerk off a noose around my neck. I'm like too much of a Robin Williams fan. <laughs> I threw it because I can, I, you can put that anywhere, right? Like that's like, so I ended up making, instead of it being like, we broke up over a fortune cookie, that's why we broke up. And then I added in the part like, you know, uh, now she's acting on TV all the time. I, you know, I see her, you guys ever seen that commercial? A bunch of people dramatically turn to the camera and say, I have Pepsi. Dude, and the act out, like it's, it's so good. It's so, like, I don't, I don't think I have anything on that like I might have a joke that's funnier but I don't think I have a performance that's like that performance I'm like impressed <laughs> you're I don't know that that I think that uber joke you have about like or what is it <laughs> where you're like where you're like uh you guys ever get an amber alert or, <laughs> and you and you look at it you're like that's not my car <laughs> so you know that what's interesting geeks, about that yeah. joke is that people understood the joke completely differently than what I meant it. What do you mean? So, uh, so uh, I'll do the joke. Uh, uh, you ever been, uh, it's like, uh, you ever get an Amber alert and you're like, that's not my car. <laughs> right. And everyone. So that, before I say how I mean the joke, how do you take the joke? Because I always like to ask first, so that way I'm not influencing them. I think that, like, you're the one kidnapping a, a kid, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's how I thought it, right? You know what? And So to me, that was my test to see if the audience would like my dark sense of humor. Because there's nothing darker than me going, oh, that they're, total, they're not going to catch me, right? Yeah. That's how I meant the joke, is that they're not going to catch me. And I thought... If the audience likes this joke, and almost all the audiences liked it, which yeah. is why later on when I would get into my dark shit, they'd be like, oh, you don't like it. And I'm like, wait, what? 
what about the kid earlier? Yeah. <laughs> and, you guys are uh, with me at this point. Yeah. And it turns out that they're laughing at the idea of dismissing Amber Alerts. That's it. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's because one and you know how I figured it out? Because one day somebody gave me a tag, because the joke is there's parts to the joke. And somebody gave me a tag. I was like, hey, what if you make it seem like you're the guy kidnapping the kid? And I was like, that's the first part of the joke. And they're like, it is? And I was like, wait, wait, what did you think? The first, oh, I just thought you were being dismissive. And that's when I learned. And I started asking multiple people. I was like, hey, that, that Uber joke. Because almost everybody says, I like that Uber joke. And I was like, that's yeah. weird because that's about me kidnapping children. <laughs> yeah, I love that joke where you kidnap, <laughs> you kidnap yeah, kids. Yeah, but, but they were... And that, that's where, like, man, now parts of my jokes are enhanced by speaking to audience members uh, because you need to know what they're thinking. And it's hard to tell unless you ask somebody. And if you ask a comic, a comic has too much baggage because they're doing what you're doing. Yeah. So every tag I gave you to the Robin Williams joke was immediately followed up like, don't say that. <laughs> right never mind don't say that because it was because it's, it's it's like i find i find it funny but i was like i don't know if regular people find it funny because my my suggestion you try everything once but i feel like but that's i'd always use your tags because i feel like your tags be so dark i remember dude when you gave me a, you gave me a tag where i was like i said something like i can't wear my hat backwards because i look like a school shooter and at the time that like mosque in I want to say like New Zealand had been shot up and you were like, you said something like you said, instead of saying you look like a school shooter, say uh, you look like you're going to shoot up a mosque. And I said it one time and it was like, everyone was like, Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Which like you want laughs, but at the same time, sometimes those reactions are better. You're like, I can't believe I got everyone to like react like that. And you know what's funny is that I'll get those reactions. There's maybe two or three of my jokes that one is absolutely, that's the whole point of the joke. There's one that I would like, this is a shock joke. But the other ones have tags where I'm like, this is just a fucked up tag. And sometimes it gets a laugh. Sometimes it gets the shock but I always prefer the laugh. Like I'm always going for the laugh. Yeah. Like, to me, shocking people is like, okay, like I could also set my arm on fire. You know, like that'll shock <laughs> people. Like I don't, I want people to laugh. I want people to get to my sense of humor and finding different ways of getting them there is always like, like if I'm doing a good set and it's going too good and I was like, okay, let me do this joke. Yeah. There's no way they're going to be with me. Uh, Habana Village on Fridays. That's my motherfucking spot. I don't know what's wrong with those people, (laughs) but they are down for whatever. Oh, my God. Like, I remember I made a joke. They, they They were like, they were feeling me. I was doing good. And I had it, like, happened the day before where uh, that guy who was killed by the police officer because she went into the wrong apartment. Yeah. And I'd never told the joke. I thought of it that day. And I go, there's no way people would even see it coming because it's so fresh. And I was like, and then I make the joke and I go like, 
And then I referenced, I was like, yeah, next thing you know, you're eating ice cream. Somebody opens the door, shoots you. And people were like, oh. And I was like, ooh, I crossed the line and then laugh, like huge yeah. laugh. And I was like, fuck. So people are yeah, afraid Havana of, Village is fun. I feel like there's so many times people like want to laugh at shit. They're just like afraid, afraid to laugh because you know you laugh at it at home. But it's like different when you're out in front of like other people. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't laugh at that like in front of everybody else. Like I'm known in the in the comedy scene as being a big laugher. And yeah. a lot of people go like, you'll laugh at anything. And I was like, that's not true. Like if you had a recording of your set and you hear your set and just mark down every time I laugh and I'll be like, and it will correspond with what jokes I think are good and what jokes, like sometimes I'll chuckle at certain jokes, right? Yeah. It's like, ah, right? But that, that to me is not a laugh. Like everyone knows the angel laugh when I just, I'm interrupting the set. Yeah. Like I am ruining the momentum of the set because it's like I'm I'm just I'm in. I'm Dude, like someone said something like, "All right, I gotta wait till he's done laughing here." Hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so I always take offense when people go like, "You'll laugh at anything," and it was like, my brother's an easier laugh. So having my yeah. brother there, he's still not an easy laugh. There's stuff that is like it's just not funny. But then it's like I just I think uh, I think Rogan said it that when you're watching comedy on like TV. Uh, it's like 60% of what you actually feel. Like comedy in person is way better. It is yeah. so much better. So because like an energy like, in the room. Yeah, there's an energy to the room and the person knows the energy and they're transferring that energy into the joke. Yeah. And like Habana's on, a, on, a, on Fridays, like there's something about the way I tell jokes that matches the energy perfectly. And I'm always... I'm always like, all right, how do I get that to happen in other rooms? Like, I'm always, that's how I look at it. Instead of going, Habana's the best room, I go, Habana's the odd man out, because that doesn't happen everywhere. That happens there. So I have to try to figure yes. out, how do you get that on over at uh, uh, Broken Mike at Shenanigans or uh, Summers? Like, I only had one good set at Summers, ever. Summer's and I've heard weird. people go... Nah, man, like, uh, everyone does bad at Summers. And I'm like, nope, I've seen people do super well. Petey Steele goes in there and fucking crushes. Yeah. It doesn't matter how the crowd was. He comes in midway through the show. He gets on about, you know, three or four uh, people later because he's good and he can do that. And then he gets on and he murders. So it's like, I don't it's know, like maybe Petey Steele thinks he bombed. I don't know if his level of what, but to me, I'm like, everyone's laughing. He's crushing People's definition of bombing is, is kind of interesting, too. Because, like, when you start out, you're like, uh, bombing just means no one laughs. But then once you do it a little bit and then, like, you're, you're doing okay, like, you're, you're getting laughs every once in a while, your, your definition of bombing changes from, like, well, nobody laughed to, well, I didn't get the laughs I wanted here or it wasn't, like, as good a laugh here. You know what I mean? Where it's – as you grow as a comic, I think your, your definition of bombing changes. Yeah. Uh, it, it's also, like – I remember, so the, the one time I did well at Summers uh, was there were, there were these older white people who came in, like a group of seven or eight, and everyone who was going to Summers, I don't know if it's still like that, because uh, I stopped going, not for any particular reason, I just, well, I didn't stop going, I just didn't go every single week religiously like I would before, because yeah. I was doing other mics. And uh, 
when they came in, everyone was doing their super dark, I'm trying to get comics to laugh, not audience. Yeah. So everyone was having this dark, ominous energy. And these poor white people were just like, what the fuck dinner. Did, we, <laughs> did we come into, right? And I went in there and I was just loose and trying to have fun, but still doing my same fucked up material. But I was yeah. like trying to like, like, you know, jazz it up a little bit. I, I, I remember the first time I read the room and I knew a joke was going to bomb, but I didn't have enough material to do anything about it. <laughs> but I was like, oh, I'm doing well. This joke is going to bomb. I don't know why I know that, but I know that. I was like, maybe yeah. if I add a little pizzazz to it, nope, still bomb. And then the next yeah. joke did well. So I just switched it up and I had a great set and I felt really good about it. And I remember uh, Sarah Roche uh, came up to me and was like, wow, like that was really good. And I was like, okay. So it wasn't just, I felt it, but yeah. I didn't, I needed that, you know, secondhand like uh, confirmation. And I was like, yep, uh, I just literally catered to the audience, which most people, there's like, ah, it's just going to be comics. So uh, here's all the rape jokes. <laughs> There's, dude, there's so many times where uh, anytime you go to an open mic, it's like the first time, first dude that does a rape joke just opens some floodgates. It's just like, all right, here we go. <laughs> well, okay, you remember uh, at the pinch, I worked the door, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, the way the pinch worked is, uh, which is a comedy club that uh, no longer exists, unfortunately. I love all that right. place. R.I.P., dude. Uh, they would do like the good comics first, right? They'd do a showcase with all these great comics to get the audience in there. Then right after, do the open mic. Yeah. And because I was running the door, I would often go first or second. And I remember part, I took it upon myself to go, I'm going to say the bad stuff so that people know that anything can be said here. This is the tone. Yeah, that this is a tone. Yeah. Not not that this is the tone of everyone's going to get up here and say fucked up things. It's more like, hey, if you're new and this is your first time going up, this guy just said terrible things. Yeah. Probably went bad. <laughs> um, but <laughs> at least you know you can say things here and yeah. that it's okay. And I, I remember because nobody wants to go first, but I always wanted to go first because if the joke isn't funny, first, second, last, like, I need it to be funny all the time. Yeah. So I got sharper because of that, because I knew the audience was like, we just took a break. Some of them are leaving. Some of them are thinking of leaving. And then I have to go up there and keep them there. Yeah. So it was like, it was hard. But that, I feel like that's great. But that's like, nobody ever does want to go. I don't think I ever like willingly signed up to go number one. It's either like, uh, yeah, I yeah. always did it. It's like, yeah, give me number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it, and it's it's one of those uh, you know our dream is to be in front of an audience that loves us and cares about us and will uh, understands where we're coming from. Yeah. Right. So that we could just get to the funny. That's the dream. That dream is gonna take a long fucking time before you get there. Years and so years. You and have years. to learn to like be good when it sucks. You gotta learn to be funny in front of two people. Yeah. Which is yeah. like anyone that there's so many people that, that I've talked to that I mean, you know they don't do stand up or anything like that they watch it the only thing they've seen are like Netflix specials 
and they're just like, do you get nervous performing in front of like a bunch of like a, a lot of people? I'm like, I rarely perform in front of a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's not a thing. Yeah. It's like if I have, and if I do a lot of people, I'm more excited. Cause I'm like, fuck dude. Like I can like really, I can really try this shit out. Like this is what I'm, this is what I'm working for. You know what I mean? Where it's. And I don't even hate the audience because no. a lot of people, uh, they go, this audience sucked. So, okay, first of all, let's start off with the fact that I don't understand people who go to see comedy who don't like comedy. You get offended uh, at, like, like, what the fuck are you doing at an open mic if you're going to be offended by everything? Not, no, not, I'm not even talking about offended. Like, I'll see people who are good, and they yeah. just don't want to experience comedy. Uh, and it's weird, because why would you go out to do that? And two oh, things. like comics? No, no, like regular audience members. Okay. Regular, and I remember one. There are people who enjoy comedy silently. That's don't a laugh. Thing. Yeah. Like, that's that's a lot of comics who are just like you know they won't laugh at your joke. Be like that was good. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> comics are more they they understand the science, so it's kind of they're 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 like uh they're like beaten wives like yeah. you got like if you smack them across the face, it's like what was that? What are you a bitch? You gotta punch them. <laughs> Like comics, they, they need that, you know, they're not fucking around, but yeah. there are people who they just like enjoy and where, and I, I remember, um, I was, uh, I do a Wednesday show that I co-hosted with, uh, Fernando at local 16. And I remember I was getting pissed because I was doing well everywhere else. Right. And to me, well, just means one joke landed. Well, that's all I want. I want one good land. If I get a couple of ha ha ha's, like if I just get that, for five minutes, to me, I didn't do my job. I need yeah. one good laugh. And in Local 16, it would be a death march. And I'd try, maybe try a low energy, maybe try high energy, maybe be louder, maybe be more subtle. And I'm like trying and trying and different audiences, different people. And I'm like, these motherfuckers don't want to laugh. And I remember one day, uh, Fernando was like, uh, oh man, it was a good show. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, look, the the couple right there and the couple right there they said they had a great time and they're coming back and that they asked for my information and i was like they were not laughing and i was like that's just how they enjoy it that's so crazy though yeah because all we want is like just fucking laugh (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's weird that they're having a good time but the natural expression to something being funny is to laugh and they're not doing it like i've seen fernando hosting and he's like, he's throwing it all in. He's doing the he kills dazzle, dazzle, yeah. and they're giving him nothing. Like, for me, getting nothing, it's like, I'm newer. I'm not that good. Understandable. But when I see Fernando just putting in that work, and he's no love, it's like. It's like, you know, appreciating what he's, I don't know. I see him go up all the time. I, one of, like, the my favorite things of watching Fernando go up um, is – I remember one of the first things I noticed about him was like anytime a joke would bomb, he would stick with it. You know what I mean? Like really ride that joke out and to the point where it would actually bring people back. And I had never seen that done before. And it's watching him do it is like hilarious to me. Just especially yeah, well, if it's something like a little dark. And sometimes a, a joke would bomb and it's the end of the joke. And yeah. he'd just sit there in the silence. It's almost like he's going, this is my punishment. And I would be like, this is agonizing. Please start speaking. And he, he said, I did that. I would do it on purpose, right? To like, it's almost like, hey, remember this hurt. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, don't forget. 
make this joke better or say it in a way where everyone loves it or write it in a way where everyone loves it. Yeah. But yeah. That's one of those things where I had to, it's very, so it's weird in that the silence is brutal and I had to teach myself. I'm still not good at, I'm still not Fernando level. No, it's, it's, but, but also in the panic, you sometimes find punchlines. Yeah. Where like, da, 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 this is the end of my joke. Nothing. Uh, what about this? And then you get a laugh. You're like, oh shit, I found some. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like that's, I think that's something you learn too. It's like bombing a joke where you're like, all right, if this bombs, I'm going to say this tag to maybe like savers. Like, like can you say like one line to maybe like bring it back, which I mean, doesn't always work, but it is, it is kind of funny when like you say like something you worked on for a while, like doesn't get any laughs and you're like, fuck, I got to use my lifeline here <laughs> to see if it'll bring everybody back. Well, that, that's the thing. I, I wish I planned on the jokes bombing. I should, but I don't. I, to me, I'm like, oh, this is a great joke. And I'm always caught off guard. Yeah. And then every once in a while, I'll just come up with something on the spot where I'm just like, oh, how about this? And then yeah. it's like, oh, and it works. It's, I don't know, it's, I think it's all reps, man. Um, I want to talk about hosting, though, because you got into, I remember, like, I mean, we pretty much, like, I know you've done stuff before, but, like, when I started going out to D.C., that was pretty much, like when you started too, right? Yeah, yeah, we we were very close to when we started at the same time. And then you you like blew up in hosting and like personally, like your shows to me like like how long have you been hosting? First of all, oh man, I think where I was steadily hosting was around maybe September, okay, uh, or October. Yeah, I remember I was helping Fernando at Habana, I'm not at Habana, uh, at uh, Local 16. And one day he was like, hey, man, you want to host? And uh, so Fernando Madrigal is uh, my cousin. I should probably explain that. He's my cousin. And so he is, uh, he's the guy who got me. He was the one that had that conversation with me. Like, hey, you should do it now. There's nothing stopping you. And I was like, so he gets a free, you need my help. You need something done. And he wouldn't even, I'd go there and he wouldn't even give me stage time. I was there yeah. to help him. And that's it. I was not there for anything else just to help him. And then he started giving me stage time. And then he was like, hey, and he'd always put me last because he knew I had a fucked up sense of humor. <laughs> and uh, and I remember one day he was like, man, I should stop putting you last. That's kind of fucked up. And I was like, no, 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 it makes sense. <laughs> like <laughs> the audience is tired. They kind of want to go anyway. I was like, yeah, yeah. strategically. You did the right. door. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Strategically, you did the right thing. I don't. I do not blame. You. Uh, and then I started hosting, and I remember. Uh, so technically, the first person to ever let me host is uh, Tim Trueheart at Summers. One day he was like, "Hey, you want to host?" I swear, I'd only done Summers three or four times, and then he yeah. asked me, and I was like, "But he was like a partial host. Like you host the first half, I do the second half." And I was like, yeah. And I, I said, yeah, even though I don't know how to host. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Hey, all the comics out there, if somebody gives you an opportunity that you are not ready for, say yes. Yeah, 100%. Just do it. Just figure fuck. it the fuck out. Because what's worse is going to happen? Like, nobody's going to laugh? Like, that happens all the time in these jokes. So, yeah. <laughs> fuck it. Exactly. Dude. Who cares? Yeah, um, I remember I, I told somebody uh, the worst part about doing stand-up uh, so late in life is that uh, 
I'm mad that my biggest fear was bombing. And after two weeks, I was completely okay with it because my brain immediately go, oh, you're bombing because you're practicing. Like, yeah, nobody is some savant who just walks in and I'm like, everything I say is great. Like, yeah, I'm never going to bomb. Yeah, that's, never going to bomb. That's like, that's like, so people that play music, like, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's tough. You learn an instrument, like you got to do a bunch of different, you got to like learn a bunch of different shit to play music, different skill set. But at the same time, I have very little respect for them when they go on stage and play a song because it's like, you know, they're going to fucking clap. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't know if they're going to laugh, but you know, they're going to clap after you're done. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to sing a song about your girlfriend broke up with you? Great, great. One, like, you know, 90 million people have done that. But like back to your hosting shit, like, I, I don't know. When I, when I started doing some of the shows that you were hosting, like, I just feel like every time I went, like, you always had, like, a great energy to the room. There's always, like, some kind of theme. Like, I think one of my favorite show that you hosted was a WrestleMania one you did. Because <laughs> it was just – it was a geek, dude, because people, people are there, and it's like – you know, I feel like people that, that don't really go to those kinds of things, like, if you don't put on some kind of show for them, like, give – like – if it's just like another open mic, they're not going to come back. But if you do like, like you come in, you got like your wig on, you're doing like, you're talking like you're fucking Hulk Hogan or some <laughs> shit. Like it's shit's entertaining. It's just like, look at this dude's like really putting on a performance for us. And I think that was in, to me, that's why like the shows that you would do, like people were laughing so much because they yeah, just love the whole vibe of the show. That night was extra special because so my wrestling gimmick thing, yeah. I was supposed to put on the wig, have the, the belt on, walk up there, and just kind of give the concept of the show, right? Yeah. I wasn't actually supposed to do a lot of jokes. And literally, as I got up there, all of that was freestyle. All of that was off the top of my head. Yeah. I literally was like, this is how I would be funny if I was just being me. And it felt weird that I was killing doing that. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, this is weird that this is working so well. Like when I said, um, I, I think there was a moment where I go, uh, uh, on tonight's rumble, it was a Royal Rumble, right? Uh, open yeah. mic Royal Rumble. And I said, uh, uh, on tonight's show, uh, there'll be, uh, there'll be, there'll be women but also females <laughs> just talking shit to all the guys. Yeah. And I remember, I, I think at some point I literally just stopped like just doing what I was doing and go, I'm sorry. I have to say this is the coolest fucking thing I've ever done. <laughs> like I was so happy in that moment. And then like talking shit to all the comics as they come up. That was uh, the best was part, dude. Awesome. I love this is a geek. But yeah, you, when I said uh, one guy looks like the guy, the, the man who invented virginity, <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun. But but as much fun as we had, there was one audience member because I was asking all the comics and all the people. I was like, "So what'd you think? What could I do better?" Because it was fun for me. But the show isn't make Angel have a good time. The show is make the audience have a good yeah. time. So I was like, "Hey, what do you think?" Blah blah blah. And I was asking all this advice. And uh, Hedy Sandberg was there with a friend who's a non-comic. And she said uh, she thought I was mean. Okay. And 
she didn't understand that that's she didn't watch wrestling so she doesn't understand that that's a thing so i was like i probably should have had my brother before i went up there like explain to the audience hey he's gonna talk shit uh he's being a bad guy wrestler that's his character right so then i come out and that because i was like oh yeah she would have she has no context to anything that's happening he's just a man being an asshole to everyone making like the worst like meanest things because it was semi-roasty and but she didn't understand so i wasn't even mad at i was like oh I should have explained better what this is because then if you don't know what a Royal, most people don't even know what a Royal Rumble is, let yeah. alone, <laughs> you know, that there's a bad guy announcer and I was being the bad guy announcer in between the counts. It's almost funnier though. Someone's like, what is this? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why is he, is he going to fight these people that are coming <laughs> to this page? <laughs> yeah. That shit. Yeah. That, that was funny, man. Um, I'm trying to see what else let you go here in a second uh what's like so again like i feel like your your sense of i don't want to say you're like a dark comic like that's but you do that's what my one of my favorite things about your stand-up is just like some of the dark jokes you do is i think you're so good um and i think like dark humor too is like to me it's like it's always easy to do something dark it's hard to do something good that's like a dark joke because like yeah. everyone's trying to do it and that's why i think that's what i really like about your stand-up is there like a favorite like do you have like a joke that like, what's your favorite joke that you told? It doesn't have to be a dark one. Um, I like this joke. Not it's not my favorite joke, but it's a it's a joke that kind of changed my philosophy on stand up. There's a joke that I do that is a dumb joke. It's just stupid, and it would get a laugh every time. And I would purposefully try to perform it as bad as possible while still saying the same words. I feel like I because know. Because I was like, this isn't funny. This is just stupid. And it would get a laugh. I could be bombing. This one time, it literally did not get a laugh. And I literally said in the mic, thank God. <laughs> that joke always works. It's nice that it didn't. Um, and that joke is, uh, I don't know if you know this, but Burger King's full name is Dr. Burger Luther King Jr. <laughs> and I hated the joke. And then at, cer- at a certain point, I, I said, why do you hate that joke? You came up with it. It's your own thing. You thought it was funny at some point. And I think I was like, I want you to like these other jokes that I worked really hard on not the joke that I just took me to said it was perfect that joke was never edited it was like that's how it came out the first time because those are annoying because it's like I fucking I've tried this one for weeks I've been rewriting it and shit and it's like you have like what was that just like a random thought you're like wouldn't be a geek if like (laughs) Burger King's full name is Dr. Burger burger luther king jr or something yeah and and that that to me was like what because it was like what's burger king's full name right and then i don't know why i had i don't even eat at burger king i don't know why it popped (laughs) into my head but i was like what is this full name and then i came up with that and what what changed was uh uh as someone who loves video games uh sometimes when people criticize video games there's like anti-criticism where they go like uh 
you know how hard they worked on that game and it's like i don't care how yeah. hard someone worked on a game i don't care how hard someone worked on a movie i don't care how hard someone works on a joke is it funny that's yeah. all that matters and now i like that joke and i like throwing it in there and i like saying it and i get enjoyment out of it where before it was always like uh fine i'll say it just because people like it yeah. but it wasn't like i didn't like it but now i'm like oh okay uh, it's it's okay sometimes that that silly being silly is okay i i can remember you killing with that joke at habana and the pinch which is like for people who don't know like if you're doing a band on like a wednesday night totally different story it can be like empty yep. <laughs> and like in the pinch too it's kind of the same it's very you know hit or miss what the crowd's gonna look like that Burger Luther King Jr. joke did, I feel like that shit never failed <laughs> in my, yeah. like, from when I saw it. No, no, it literally, it's only failed once. And I was bombing and I just, I, and I purposely give it no, I put no spin on it. You know, those little tricks that you do when you're performing. Yeah. I do nothing to that joke. And now I like try to perform it as best as I can. And I like, I love that joke on, uh, uh, during Black History Month. It like gets <laughs> like even louder laughs because yeah. people are like, and then, uh, no, actually, no, not even during Black History. During, in March, it got bigger laughs because I would tag it by saying, you can learn Black History any month. <laughs> and that would get a huge, like, because I would always act like I'm really teaching you something. Like, yeah. that, that my, the, the funniest version of that joke is me performing it as if, like, hey, I'm actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some knowledge to take with you. And it's so stupid. Right, and that's the joke of it. Like somebody's gonna come back from an open mic. I can't believe I learned so much today. Yeah, yeah. Did you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know that probably happened one time. Somebody definitely went home and googled that shit though. Somebody's like, "What the fuck is?" There's no way. <laughs> no. I hope so. I hope so. Well, fuck, man. I think uh, we're going like an hour and a half here. Um, I want to plug something for you though. Like, what's your? Where can like people find your like Twitch stream? Are you doing? Do you have like any? Comedy clips uh, you want promote? Right now, I'm literally so new to Twitch that I haven't been promoting it because I was like, I want people to see this when I'm much better. So I'm I'm basically treating it like stand up, where I was like, let me just get good. Like I don't don't give me no Netflix special yet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but for general things that I'm up to, uh, Angel Be Funny on Instagram. Uh, that's Angel B E Funny, and uh, I usually post stuff there. Uh, my most recent post I think is uh, comics. Uh, talk about freedom of speech until something they said until something they don't like is said and i was yeah. like i ran into that so much and i was like 100 percent. yeah it's always bullshit i was like no nah, no nah, freedom of speech means anybody can say anything including things that you don't agree with yeah i can say anything that's fucked up and t i don't know that's like a huge i could probably talk about that shit for like hours but like <laughs> my thing is like are you gonna get pissed when you know i'm like trying to be funny like i obviously don't that's not something that I'm like a hard point that I'm like, I really believe this. It's like, no, I'm hoping that you laugh so that like, you know, I can get up and do more of these jokes. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, I don't, I'm not like ingrained. That's another thing too with like, with comedy too. I feel like people are, try to like politicize it so much or it's like, I'll say anything from the right or the left. If whatever one's funnier, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. 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 And, and I think when, when comics, you know, try to correct me, I'm like, you, you're coming from a place of, uh, this sounds good. 
And whenever you come at me that way, it's you're so easily defeated because there's no backbone to it. There's no, you didn't think of this like in a deep way. You just yeah. go, those words should not be spoken. And then as soon as I ask why, you're like, uh, because uh, uh, it hurts people's feelings. I was like, well, what's the joke about? And it's like, the joke isn't about that. Like you are making it something it's not like, yeah, you're taking your personal experiences and like turning it into something that it's it's turning it into a completely different animal. And like, dude, I remember, uh, I got, I I got into like one of those like Facebook fights with somebody like a social justice keyboard warrior motherfucker. And at one point they were trying to tell me, like explain to me how comedy worked. And they didn't know as a comedian and they were like, Oh, comedians, you know, like write South park for like, really it's like a political satire show. I was like, no, 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 it's a comedy show. They're writing jokes. I'm sure they have their own like opinions on, on politics, but I guarantee you that whatever they write is like to make you laugh. It happens that it lines up on this side and that probably gets into more like what their beliefs are, but I don't think they're like, whole goal is let's like create a political narrative it's like no we want to make people laugh we're fucking it's south park <laughs> yeah like there, there's a whole episode about rich black people moving into a neighborhood and the punchline of the whole episode is one white a white person saying the n-word <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the whole punchline of the episode and it's hilarious because because you know that's the undertone but nobody's saying it and then the very last thing said before it cuts to the music it's like, good thing we got rid of those. It was like, it cuts off. I was like, that's fucking brilliant. I fucking love the South Park guys. They're, uh, I don't want if anyone sees this, I'm not trying to get in trouble for it, but like, where they like, they go over the word like fag. You can't say that anymore, which like. Oh, the, the annoying like, people on the that. motorcycles? Yeah, but like Carmen's trying to explain like, I don't mean like gay people. I mean like, like these guys. <laughs> <laughs> they like go around and say, bah, 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 bah. Yeah. Uh, dude. All right. Well, dude, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, Angel Be Funny on Instagram, um, Facebook. You, uh, I think you post like the same, like everything from your Facebook is on your Instagram. Um, yeah, but but Instagram is like better because uh, yeah. uh, that's like public to everyone. Like, okay. right? Facebook is just me like fucking around, testing out jokes on people that I know in real life and yeah. comics who hate that I test out jokes on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> Okay, okay. Angel be funny on Instagram. Thank you so much, dude. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. I on. got, I got, I got, I got loyalty. Got royalty inside my DNA. Cocaine quarter piece. Got war and peace inside my DNA. I got power, poison, pain, and joy inside my DNA. I got hustle, though ambition flow inside my DNA. I was born like this, and born like this. Immaculate conception. I transform like this, perform like this. What shouts you a new weapon? I don't contemplate. I meditate. Then off your fucking head. This that put the kids to bed. This that I got, I got, I got. I got realness, I just kill shit cause it's in my DNA I got millions, I got riches building in my DNA I got dark, I got evil that rot inside my DNA I got off, I got trouble, some heart inside my DNA I just win again, then win again like Wimbledon I serve Yeah, that's him again, the sound the engine in is like a bird You see fireworks and Corvette tires skirt the boulevard I know how you work, I know just who you are See, use a, use a, use a bitch, your hormones probably switch inside your DNA, problem is, all that sucker shit inside your DNA, daddy probably snitch, heritage inside your DNA, backbone don't exist, born outside a jellyfish I gauge, see my pedigree most definitely don't tolerate the front, shit I been through probably offend you, this is Paula's oldest son, I know murder convinced
Eviction furnace, boosters, burglars, ballers, dead Redemption scholars, fathers dead with kids And I wish I was fed Forgiveness, yeah, 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 yeah Soldier's DNA, born inside the beast My expertise check out in second grade When I was nine, on sale motel We didn't have nowhere to stay At 29, I've done so well Hit cartwheel in my estate And I'm gon' shine like I'm supposed to Anti-social extrovert And excellent mean an extrovert And absentness, what the fuck you hurt And passiveness never struck my nerve And that's a riff gonna be this case The reason my power's here on earth Salute the truth from the prophets say I, I got loyalty, got royalty inside my DNA this is my heritage, all I'm inheriting Money and power, the maker, I'm just Tell me something, you motherfuckers can't tell me nothing I'd rather die than to listen to you My DNA not for imitation Your DNA an abomination This how it is when you in the matrix Dodging bullets, reaping what you're sowing Stacking up the footage, living on the going Sleeping in the villa, sipping from a Grammy Walking in the building, diamond in the ceiling Marble on the floors, beaches out the window Peeking out the window, baby in the pool Godfather goes, only Lord knows I've been going hammer, dodging paparazzi Freaking through the cameras, eating four daughters Brock wearing sandals, yoga on the Monday Stretching to the van, I'm watching all the snakes Curving all the fakes, phone never own, I don't conversate, I don't compromise, I just penetrate, sex, money, murder, these are the breaks, these are the times, level number nine, look up in the sky, tennis on the way, tennis on the way, tennis on the way, motherfucker, I got winners on the way, you ain't shit without a buddy on your belt, you ain't shit without a ticket on your plate, you ain't sick enough to pull it on yourself, you ain't rich enough to hit the light of skate, tell me when this stretch is gonna be my fate, gonna be a fate, gonna be a fate, peace to the world, let it rotate, sex, money, murder, I do.